The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good evening, everybody. Again, welcome. We're glad uh, that you're here tonight. Thank you so much for just taking a little short break in your busy, busy schedule, I'm sure. I know many of you have a long, uh, long night ahead of you tonight, a long day, maybe even longer uh, tomorrow. Uh, so I'm going to do my best, uh, believe it or not, just to, uh, to cut to the chase and uh, not make this last any longer for you uh, than necessary. Uh, Here is the simple message of Christmas. You matter to God. God loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. Regardless of your past, regardless of 2015, what you've done and where you've been, Our great heavenly father loves you and he wants you to love him back and he wants you to come home to him. That's what what we celebrate at Christmas. Christmas is all about God going to these unbelievable lengths to reach out to you so that you and I would reach out to him and come home. The loving Heavenly Father sent his one and only son, Jesus, to the earth to be born of a virgin, to be hunted down like a dog, to hide like a refugee, to live a perfect life, to give sight to the blind, to make the lame walk, to set the captives free, to be abandoned by his closest friends at his time of greatest need, to take a beating the likes of which you and I could hardly fathom, to carry his own cross, to have a a crown of thorns jammed down on his head, to have spikes driven into his hands and his feet and have a sword plunged into his side to be suspended between heaven and earth, to die a criminal's death, to be laid in a tomb. But three days later, kick Satan in the teeth, conquer the grave, rise from the dead, just like he said, and start a revolution so that you and I would come home. He did that for you. And that's how much he loves you. That's how much you matter to him. You know, the entire message of the Bible is all about God doing that, reaching out so that you would reach back out to him. The entire life of Jesus, I think, was all about reaching out to those who were lost, loving people who felt like they did not belong and who were far, far away from God so that they could come home. And then you ready for this? Once once we come home, once you and I have been found, our reason for living, our mission in life, the purpose of the church, the purpose of this church is to reach out to people, right? To love people, to serve people, so that maybe, just maybe, they might find their way and come home. That's what this church is all about. And I really believe that's what Christmas is all about. 
You know, for the past several weeks here at Coastal, we've been looking at a passage of scripture that has four names that have been given to Jesus, four kind of descriptions of who he is and what it means to live daily in his presence. Michael read it at the beginning of the service, and I'd like to read it for you again now. And uh, I really believe that we save the best for last as far as uh, this name of Jesus. Listen to this, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of what? Peace. Prince of Peace. Now, I don't know about you, but at times, Christmas seems anything but peaceful. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Amen. Um, now, honestly, I mean, I think, you know, if we would just be truthful with each other, I think much of it, much of the stress and busyness of this season, we kind of bring on ourselves just a little bit, right? I mean, just think about it for a moment. Just think about all the stuff that we do during this one time of the year. For some reason, we decide that we are going to have more parties during this one month than all the rest of the year combined, okay? I don't know why we do that, but we do that to ourselves. During this one month of the year, besides all of these parties, we say, hey, why not write a personal note to every person we've ever met for all of our lives and uh, send them a little Christmas card, right? And then some of you even take that experience to a whole nother level and you decide that you're going to take a family picture with your Christmas card. And that's always peaceful, right? I mean, that's never, never stressful when you gotta get a family picture. And then, during this one time of the year, you decide that you are going to completely rede redecorate the inside of your home. And then some of you not only redecorate the inside of your home, but you also redecorate what? the outside. Now, okay, Coastal, can we go ahead and, let me go ahead and make this announcement in advance. Be prepared to take down those lights. I mean, really, about a week or maybe two after Christmas. If you keep it up any longer than that, you're just a redneck, okay? Get that, <laughs> get that stuff down. But anyway, we decide to do that. We add to the list. And then, during this time of the year, we decide that we're going to try to buy a special gift for every person that we love. And then, if that weren't enough, you know what else we do during this time of the year? We bake. We bake. How many of you bake during the month of Christmas? You never bake any other time of the year. I mean, like, it's amazing in my office. I mean, here at, here at Coastal, we are bombarded, you know, the last several weeks with cookies and cakes and all these kinds of things. I'm like, man, spread the love throughout the year. You're like, you know, you gotta, you gotta pace, we gotta pace ourselves around here. But you do it. You know, I mean, again, how often do you bake? You never do that except for now. And then right in the middle of all of that, okay, redecorating, parties, Christmas cards, family picture, baking, gifts, in the middle of all of that, as if 
all of this is not crazy enough. You know what we say? Let's let the, let, let's let the kids out of school for two weeks. You know, hey, bring them on, you know. Listen, no wonder, no wonder we're stressed out. No wonder this is not exactly a peaceful uh, time of the year. I think the very first Christmas was anything but peaceful. I mean, just think about the story. An angel of the Lord appears basically to a teenager, a teenage girl, Mary, to tell her that although she's a virgin, she'll become pregnant and have a son. She's engaged, never been with a man. Uh, she's a virgin and she's pregnant by God. I mean, there, there, there's not enough, there's no diagram in the world that's ever gonna make that make any sense, right? I mean, and then think about, that is, that's a tough conversation to have with your mom and dad, right? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a very tough conversation to explain to your fiance. Peaceful is not the word I would use to describe those conversations. But Joseph being a, you know, an upright man, uh, he decides that he's gonna basically get rid of Mary quietly, okay? Um, but an angel appears to him and confirms her story. But I got a feeling that the next, you know, eight, nine months are anything but peaceful in Nazareth. I mean, the rumors, the embarrassment, you know, all the nasty comments, not exactly what you would picture as far as a, you know, picture of peace and tranquility. And then it gets worse. She's nine months pregnant and they got to travel cross country on a donkey for a census. Nine months pregnant on a donkey. Nothing peaceful about that. How many of you, um, you know, moms and dads remember the drive to the hospital when your child was born, right? I mean, I have never, ever, ever heard anybody describe that trip to the hospital as peaceful, never. And yet for most of us, it was like a, maybe a 20, 30 minute drive to you know, St. Francis or Roper or MUSC or whatever. Um, and then they pull into town and you know the story, but think about the backstory, okay? This is, this is just my opinion, but she's gotta be freaking out, okay? I mean, she does. And, you know, Joseph pulls into every place he can think of. Everything's booked up. I mean, there, there's no, no Holiday Inn Express, no Motel 6. I mean, even the Evergreen is full, okay? And that's bad. That's bad when the Evergreen is full. And so um, the locals here know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so... Finally, you know, I kind of imagine Joseph kind of negotiating a deal and like, okay, hey, there's no room, but you can stay out in the barn. And so you got to picture this little girl, nine months pregnant, traveled all this time on a donkey in a barn with the animals, with the animal poop, you know, she gives birth and there, there's no birthing suite. Okay, they didn't have a nice little visit beforehand to tour the facilities, you know. No birthing suite, no doctor, no nurse, no midwife, no doula, whatever, you know. No, no epidural, right? And all the, you know, no peace, no epidural, no peace, no epidural, right? None of that, okay? So, and then Jesus is born, and he's the Prince of Peace, and he enters planet Earth, and then. You know, King Herod gets threatened. He's freaking out. He's heard the rumors. There's the prophecies. He basically tells, you know, a group of people, hey, go find him, kill him. But just to make sure, find any baby under the age of two that's male and kill them as well. And so the Prince of Peace is born. And all of a sudden, all these innocent, innocent children are being, are being murdered. 
I mean, again, in my mind, peaceful is the last word I would use to describe the birth of Jesus. It was a time of fear, turmoil, unrest, paranoia. Sounds a little bit like today, doesn't it? It does. In fact, fast forward to 2015. I think 2015 has been anything but peaceful. I mean, here, you know, in the coming weeks, uh, I, I, don't, I don't imagine that any of the end of the year stories, you know, the, uh, the, the look back over 2015 that'll be flooding the media are ever going to be using the word peace to describe 2015, unless they're using it to describe Trump's hairpiece or something. I don't know. Other than that, you know, because it's, it's just the opposite. I mean, I don't know what you see, but I know we see the same thing, don't we? You know, turn on the news. Terrorist bombings. Shootings. Racial tension. War. I mean, honestly, you find yourself asking this question. If Jesus is the Prince of Peace, did he fail? Did he fail? I mean, I meet a lot of people today. I talk to a lot of people. It kind of comes with the territory of my job. I rarely, I rarely find people who are at peace. I talk to people all the time. I, I, I talk to people who are busy beyond belief, who are stressed to the max. And I talk to a lot of people who are beat down relationally, financially. I rarely meet people who I think would say they're at peace with themselves, with their family, or with God. So what about you? I'm gonna ask the question. Are you at peace? Isaiah calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. At that very first Christmas, the angels appeared to the shepherds and they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. In fact, fast forward to the conclusion of Jesus's ministry here on earth. Before he goes back to heaven, he said this in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And then in John 16, 33, he said, I have told you all this so that you may have what? Peace in me. So did Jesus fail? Well, I think it all depends on how we define peace. You know, there's no doubt the world defines peace as this absence of conflict, absence of, of trouble and trial. Obviously, obviously Jesus had something else in mind. In fact, if you go back to John 14 and 16, we know that because Jesus said, and the peace that I'm gonna give you, it's not like the peace of this world. It's not like the, the, the peace that this world gives. And, and then in 16, he says, here on earth, yes, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. So that can't be peace. That's not the peace 
that he was talking about. For many people today, peace simply means drinking enough until I'm numb and I no longer feel any pain. For other people, for others, it it means hopping from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next. Just hoping that somebody is gonna fill that void in my life. For others, it means working and working and working so that I can afford all the trappings of what this world says is success to prove to the world, hey, I am somebody, but then late at night when no one else is around and it's just you and your thoughts, you still feel like a nobody. For other people, maybe it is, you know, uh, sitting in a lotus position, uh, contemplating the lint in your navel and humming. Um. Hey, let's just admit the world's peace is phony and it does not last. How many, how many peace treaties have been broken in history? Let me tell you what real peace is. Real peace is a person. Real peace is having a personal relationship with Jesus, God's son, the Prince of Peace, and becoming friends with God. Real peace is knowing that no matter what I do, God will never, ever stop loving me. Real peace is knowing that no matter what happens, God will never, ever leave me. Real peace means that no matter what what happens in 2016, I know that God's gonna give me the strength to handle it. That's real peace. You know, think about it this way. Um, you know, when you're in a relationship and it's, it's out of whack, you know, out of kilter, you know, there's tension uh, with a husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. It's almost like it kind of messes up everything. Nothing else seems to matter. You know the old saying, when mama's not happy? That's right, nobody's happy. In other words, you know, when there's a strain in the relationship, there's a conflict in the relationship, It robs you of your peace. Well, nothing does that more than being out of whack with God. You see, ultimately, when you're not right with God, nothing is right. If you're not at peace with God, you will not experience the peace of God. The Bible says that Jesus came, listen to this, to restore the peace between us and and God. He came to make things right. Now, why? Why did he have to do that? Why do we need this? Well, I'll tell you why, real simply. Because we're sinners in need of a savior. We are sinners in need of a savior. You know, what did the angel say to the shepherds that very first Christmas in Luke 2.11? Today in the town of David, a what has been born to you? A savior. He is Christ the Lord. That's what Christmas is all about. Today, a savior has been born. We're sinners in need of a savior. Now listen, don't get hung up on the word sinner. It simply means that we've all gone our way, our own way, apart from God, that he is perfect and you're not. I'm not. We've all blown it. A little boy wrote a letter to Santa Claus. He said, dear Santa, there are three boys living at my house. Jeffrey is two, David is four, and Norman is seven. 
Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time. Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. Okay. Now, do you, do you know the problem with that? None of us are Normans. I mean, nobody in this room tonight, nobody's a Norman. None of us bat a thousand. None of us always think the right thing, always do the right thing. In fact, if we were able to display on the screen behind me tonight all of your thoughts and actions of 2015, no, just this past week, no, just tonight, <laughs> you'd, you'd be terribly embarrassed, wouldn't you? Because we know that none of us are perfect. We've all blown it. That's why we need a savior. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and all fall short of God's glorious standard. By the way, the standard, it's not me. It's not Billy Graham. It's not the Pope. It's not Mother Teresa. It's not your, your wicked neighbor, evil coworker. We can always find somebody better or worse than us, can't we? It's God. It's the absolute holiness and perfection of God. And if that's the standard, guess who falls short? We all do. But here, listen to me. I want to make this short and sweet. Here's the good, good news. Romans 5, 8. But God showed his great love by sending Christ to die for us while we we're still sinners. In other words, God made the first move to make things right, to restore the peace. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be our offering, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made what? Right with God through Christ. You know, a lot of religions today, if you study anthropology at all, a lot of world religions have what's called uh, a peace offering. You know, going back to the Greeks and the Romans and even a lot of Native American uh, religions, they would offer uh, peace offerings to their God to appease uh, an angry God. The Bible says we don't have to do that. You don't have to make a peace offering to appease an angry God because our God already did it. He offered his one and only son, Jesus. So, bottom line it for me, Pastor Chris. How am I made right with God? By faith. By faith. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by what? By faith, we have, what's the word? Peace. Peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. You and I are made right with God by our faith in Jesus Christ. By our faith in what he did for us on the cross. By our belief by our trust. You and I accept that free gift by faith. That's what Christmas is all about. I mean, that's why Jesus was born. 
so that he might die for your sin and for mine so that we could be made right with God. It's, you know, it's John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So let me ask you, do you believe? Have you personally accepted God's free gift of salvation? Do you have peace? Do you have peace? You will never experience the peace of God until you're at peace with God. Did you know you could have that tonight? I mean, what better time than Christmas to open and receive the greatest gift you're ever going to be offered the gift of peace the prince of peace Jesus you've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church for more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.